This hour of gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You're listening to Gameplay with Matthew Cause on TSN 1050. Embrace the odds. I want winners. For anyone driving around in southern Ontario, anywhere in Toronto or the Toronto area, uh, go home right now, or at least be home by 3.58 when this show is done, because I'm a hero, drove up to the studio today to be with my producer, Nick McVicker. We are in the backup studio, which means nothing for you, the listener, but it's always better when you are in the backup studio to have the host in the backup studio. True or false? Agreed. 100% agreed. (laughs) Uh, Gameplay on TSN 1050 brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Uh, I was driving around the DVP, 401 at uh, 1140. Roads were empty. Well, uh, we'll keep an eye, because... You know, apparently it's ice pellets and storms and snow. And, yeah, and from what I heard, the, the ice isn't really supposed to affect anything until tonight. Like, the snow mm-hmm. itself, I don't think anyone's going to be too bothered by the snow. No. I, as far as I know, we're not getting, like, a ton of snow. It's not like we're getting a foot and a half or two feet of snow. If we get that much snow, then there's issues. And yeah. I understand that. We're not getting that much, and I don't think people are worried about that. It's the ice that we're worried about. And that's not going to hit till tonight. It's going to make tomorrow ice. Super fun drive-in. All right, so we'll, we'll see if I'm uh, we'll see if I'm in studio tomorrow. I like being in studio. The show sounds better. Everything is better when you are, when we're all well, together. It's just so much easier when we get to stare at each other exactly and, and uncomfortably. Build off of reactions. Then right? during, that's the key. Yeah. Then during the break, we just sit uncomfortably during the commercial breaks. It's, don't say a word. I, I ask you right before we go on. Hey, yeah. do you want any sound? <laughs> yeah. Nothing else. Yeah. That's it. That's that's all of it. By the way, like as part of this is okay. Let's peel back the curtain. The media on the news side, we and they, they love a good snowmageddon. Yeah. It's a great story. You get more eyeballs. Also, if you're wrong, you can't get sued. When you misquote a politician or if you give an opinion about some social program or police funding, uh, you're going to get people upset at you. But when it's snow, it's like, oh, snow may be coming. And we, you know, we yammer about it. It's okay. Here's a question. Is that the equivalent of trade speculation? You know, where it's like, oh, we love it. We don't know if it's going to happen, but let's just talk about Patrick Kane, especially after he gets a hat trick the other night. Like, I, I feel that the, the, the sports equivalent of news just loving a good snow story is a potential trade. I feel that's, uh, that, that could, it feels semi equivalent. Yeah, yeah. And I was listening to, uh, to first up this morning and, and Carlo was making the joke that, uh, it's, there, it's just a snowstorm. It's just a snowstorm. I'm like, I mean, yeah, but at the same time, like, it's not just a snowstorm, this one. So, like, you have to take it into a different kind of context. It's the ice. It's, but, all, it's but always you're right. Ice. Like, we love. Love see, it. We love because people are like, oh, sweet. I don't have to drive. Yeah. I can stay home and work, especially now that everyone knows how to work remote for the most. Well, not everyone. But not like, everyone. But a lot of <laughs> a lot of jobs that you have to drive in nine to five. Yes. Are, you now know how to work remote. That's right. So. It's, it's a lot easier. You can work remote. I can exactly. do all, I, either or. Either oh, or. You can go cottage remote. You can go house I, remote. I was debating it yesterday. I was driving home from uh, east of Perry Sound, and there was a ton of snow up oh, there. Oh, yeah, there's a ton. Yeah, I was... W- one final thought, then we'll get into all things sports. When you're driving behind, or your relationship as a driver with the snowplow... On one level, you love the snow plow when you're driving, especially on a highway or road when there's not a lot of lights and there's a lot of snow. That's very insecure. That's tough. 
and then you go, oh, I wish there was a snowplow. Or if you get on the highway, oh, the road has been plowed. Thank you, snowplow. That's great. But then there's the other one, when you're behind a snowplow, and you're like, I'm glad you're here, but you're going 40 kilometers an hour, <laughs> and I got to love hate for you, but mostly it is all love it's, for the snowplow. Oh, it's all love for the snowplow, and yeah. I'm not just saying that because my brother actually does that. So. Oh, really? Well, not he does it for uh, he does it for a landscaping company, so it's like for properties. Yeah, yeah. So he clears out property parking lots and stuff like that. And does anyone ever sing the Mister Plow song to him? I I that haven't asked him. Again that. I doubt Mr. it because Plow. I think I think he does it mostly on like off hours. <laughs> yeah, doesn't so matter. No one's there yeah. to sing it to him. But oh no, but I'm saying plow. at parties. If I knew anyone oh, I worked a snowplow, this is his first year. Oh, okay. So, like, okay. I can't. I can't. Say that people do that yet. All right, we'll bring him on in the summer. Hot <laughs> snowplow talk. Oh, he'll be busier in the yeah. summer. Um, quick gambling question. I uh, I I nice. looked I looked it up when the Leafs were up four nothing. This was before Nylander scored that just ridiculously relentless power play by the Leafs that made it five nothing. But when it was four nothing Toronto with about twelve thirteen minutes uh, yeah. left in the second period. Buffalo was plus uh, 2,500 to win the game. Yeah. I was debating, do I put down a toonie on that? I was well, debating. when they scored that third goal in the third period, I, <laughs> I, I went to go look. Yeah. Just to see what the odds were. I didn't think I was actually going to place a bet, but I'm like, eh, if it's if it's really good, I might throw the dollar down, right? That's, that's second not available. Th- yeah. Oh, okay. They, they, closed, they shut they, her down. They shut, they out, shut, they shut down, down yeah. the, on not only... Like I mean, we we all use multiple books. We'll be mm-hmm. honest, but FanDuel had it shut down. Every book that I looked at had it shut down. I was like, huh? I only That's very odd. I only use FanDuel not because I'm a good corporate citizen, but because I'm a dummy and I ca- I can't have too many different books. That's it's fair. gonna it's just it's gonna confuse well, me. See, it's I have funny. one. I, I had one before I came. Yeah, and then since I came, I use FanDuel as well. Yeah, yeah. But, no, like, you're loyal to your first one. Yeah, you, you know that's well. I, ha- I have I had you know an account there with money in it. Mm-hmm. That's why. <laughs> Hey, I was a Knicks fan before the Raptors existed, and that is a cross I have to bear. Um, by the way, that one of those goals uh, when the Tage um, Thompson got an assist, it meant my $5 bet won me $14, so I was kind of happy about yeah. that. The scary moment in that game, Uh-oh. scary moment in that game was when it was 5-3, yeah. Tage Thompson, wide open in the middle of the ice. Morgan Riley, what are you doing? The first line, what were you doing? And nice save by Samsonoff. There was, that game was a couple inches away from being 5-4 with like 98 yeah. seconds to go. Well, there was another chance, and it wasn't as good as that Tage Thompson one, but I'm like, okay, let's, uh, let's, that's when I really started looking hard on those yeah. sports. I might get some good value here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, it was uh, a fun game. We'll get more into it, but I want to stick with hockey because there's a great game going on tonight, yes. and that is the subject of my opening thought. Time now for Matt's opening thought. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? And here we go. I mean, it's really nothing more than a self-absorbed monologue, a chance for Matt to rant about something and pretend he's a serious radio personality instead of a gas bag. Let's face it, he stole this idea from Dennis Miller. Now, I don't want to get off on a rant here. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! There is a crazy good hockey game on tonight. And I'm not talking about the Jets and the Islanders. I'm not talking about Calgary, Arizona, or Chicago, Dallas. Now, unless you are a diehard fan of one of those teams, or you got money on it, I don't really care about these games. Of course, I will say, I'm looking at FanDuel now. Coyotes at home, plus 188 against a struggling Flames team? Man, not bad. 
Yeah, the Blackhawks. Yeah, they they beat Ottawa. They're plus 350 on the road against Dallas. Maybe another Patrick. Anyway, never mind. Never mind. I was going to get into a same uh, parlay. So, um, there's all those hockey games on, and I can't think of one reason to watch any of them. Not when you have the best rivalry in hockey going on with high stakes. Now, I want to apologize first to the good people behind the rivalry series, which is the the best-of-seven game hockey series between the Canadian and American women's hockey team. Now, I knew it was going on. I knew about its existence, but I'd completely forgotten about it until this weekend. So let me get you caught up for everyone who's like me that, you know, it's like, wait, it's going on? Huh? And maybe part of the reason is the series started way back, mid-November in Kelowna. And the States won that one in a shootout. Then those dastardly Americans, they'd go on to win game two and three. Canada was doomed, right? No! So there was like a three-week hiatus. Canada, they go on to win game four and five. By the way, that game five win in Henderson, Nevada. Nail-biting, 3-2 overtime affair for Canada. Game six was this past weekend. And this was the most dominant Canada has been in the six games. Uh, they beat the States 5-1, and they outshot them 32-15. to And it was the usual stars making an impact. It was Sarah Nurse scoring first, Marie-Philippe Poulin scoring last, with a lot of other gold medal winning Olympians in between. On the night where Poulin was honored with the North Star Award, she also became the fifth Canadian to score 200 points. Still a little ways from Haley Wickenheiser, but she's on her way. So tonight at 7 p.m. on TSN, yes, that's right, once again, 7 p.m. on TSN, we will get to watch the best players in women's hockey doing battle. Stars all over the place. Poulin, uh, Breon Jenner, Sarah Nurse, Clara Thompson, Rebecca Johnson came back to the lineup. We haven't seen her since she won gold last February. She got two assists in that 5-1 win. On the American side, 14 players with Olympic experience. Names that you know, like Megan Keller, Amanda Kessel, Hillary Knight. Again, this is the best thing I can say about this rivalry, or one of the best things. I hate Amanda Kessel, and I hate Hillary Knight. Bleep them. I will give them the same respect I will give to the men's, to men players, men players, that sounds stupid, uh, to, to, to players in the rivalries of some of my other favorite teams. So bleep you, Amanda Kessel, and Hillary Knight. Now, America is desperate to exact some revenge on Canada. And avoid the embarrassment of losing four straight. Meanwhile, on the Canadian side, we just want to keep the good times rolling. The Canadian women are the reigning Olympic and world champion. So there is a lot at stake for this match. This is game number 174 between the two global powers in women's hockey. They battled it out for gold in six of the last seven Winter Olympics in 20 of the 21 IIHF Women's World Championships. And they're going to do it all again tonight. Game seven. Do or die. Canada versus America. It doesn't get any better. I can't wait. And that is my opening thought. I'm finished. Yeah, I was thinking about over the over the family day weekend where just, you know, hanging out just up at a cottage, not doing much. And it's like, wait, rivalry series, Canada States game six. And then, you know, kind of just hit me like, oh yeah. And then I went back and looked at what happened in one through five. Yeah. And, and now like a in sports, we love a game seven. 
We love when the two teams are the two best teams. Yeah. And they're packed with stars. So it's a game seven of, of the number one seeds on planet Earth. These True. are the number one seeds in women's hockey. And I, I, I can't wait for it tonight. No, it's going to be a fantastic game. And one that should be more highly promoted or highly mentioned in, in media just because of the, the magnitude of it. As you say, it's the two best teams. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. It's it's the best on the on the in the world, I was gonna say, on the planet. But. Yeah. Well I did my man hockey player yeah. line, it was odd. I thought, I thought <laughs> I've you never, said I've I, never heard you do that kind no, of thing. Before. No. So, you mess up names, but I've never heard you trip on words like that. Oh, by the way, we got a good name mess up we're gonna play. It's gonna be so Oh hypo- yes we do. It's gonna be so hypocritical. Was, so ooh. So hypocritical. By the way, if anyone missed it on um, on Leafs lunch today, Cheryl Pounder was on, and uh, they also talked about uh, the uh, the rivalry series. So uh, check that out on the podcast. Yeah. And uh, so that yeah, that's coming up tonight. I can't wait. Like that is my. That's really the only sporting event that I'm going to be watching. But we also have other uh, women in sport, Canadian yeah. women. Um, and let, let's get to it. We'll get to it on the other side. Uh, the She Believes Cup, Canada's last match. It's against Japan. Yeah. What time does that start to, uh, start today? Uh, game starts at four. So just as we're getting off air, it starts. Okay. Um, and then the U.S. play Brazil. Yeah. Later in the day, because it's a round robin tournament. Whoever wins the group wins the tournament, right? So there's a chance Canada can still win, and we'll get into that more on the other side. But yeah. Yeah. It's there's there's a lot going into this game. And I got some bets uh, for Canada versus Japan. I want to throw by you, Nick. You tell me which one you like the best. Yeah, I'll, I'll absolutely. Use, I'll use my winnings from my uh, Ryan O'Reilly, <laughs> Tage Thompson parlay. Uh, the O'Reilly part of that bet, but uh, I got that, that one. Quick. Got that one out of the way pretty, pretty early. The yeah, Tage, so much. When the Leafs were up five nothing, I'm like, ah, yeah, come on, let Buffalo score a goal or two. We'll talk about that as well. Man, I feel bad for Saber fans. So yeah, packed show today. This gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cos. You are listening to TSN 1050. So yesterday on gameplay, come shooting out of the cannon. Hey, the Maple Leafs. They traded for Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Asari. What 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 names? Not even close. What names did I give a chart? You said Asari. Uh, Akari or something. Like, I just, uh, I screwed it all up. Yeah, you said three different names and not a single None one of them, of them are right. right. And How I, do you say it? Achari. Okay, good. Yeah, we got it. No, yeah, I'm good. We yeah. got it. No, no, I got just it. just want to make sure. Yeah, no, I got it. Um, and again, this is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cos, right here on TSN 1050. And I wanted to mention that off the top because I am many things. I am transparent. Yes. I try to be honest. Yep. I'm hardworking, Accurate. fairly empathetic. Usually. I am also a coward and a wild hypocrite. You can agree with that. It's fine. I don't, I don't think you are a hypocrite because you want to know why? Because mm. you call yourself out every time you mess up a name. So that is what true. you're about to do is definitely 100%. Not hypocritical. Okay, so I'm fair. I'm fair and balanced because I rip myself. <laughs> you are an evil. Or how about this? I'm providing cover for now giggling at an a, equal opportunity. Yes, giggler. Yeah. So this is a CNN anchor just destroying the NBA. You've also got Greek Nigerian superstar Janis Atakompu. He's on the far right in this picture here. He's not the only all-star with ties to Africa. The Raptors Pascal Shakim and also ah. Joel Embiid. Shaquem and Ben. Okay, but let's break this down for a second. First off, I'm going to congratulate her 
on attempting to do Giannis yeah. Antetokounmpo. I, I can't fault anyone for ever screwing up uh, Antetokounmpo. It's, no. It is such a tough name if you just are seeing it for the first time. And the thing is, what we don't know is how long did she have to prep for that story? Because if you're yeah. doing the news, sometimes stories are being put in by producers and you don't have much time to have much exactly. input on it. Exactly. So that, no, no. I, I could blame that on the teleprompter person. I could blame that on the producer. But the Siakam one, that was that was a special one for me. Yeah, that one that's it. That was an interesting one for sure. I, I couldn't really believe that when I heard it. Let, let's hear it again. Uh, let, let, let's play the game tape uh, uh, one more time. Clip? Yeah, yeah. Give me the, right, give me the whole clip, clip one more go. time. You've also got Greek Nigerian superstar Janis Atakompu. He's on the far right in this picture here. He's not the only all-star with ties to Africa. The Raptors, Pascal Shakim and also Joel Embid. Even the Embid, that's fine. Yep, Embid, Embiid. Uh, if you just yeah. look at, if you just look at the letters, yeah, because it's the double, it's the double I, right? Yeah, yeah, so, you can do that. You I can get do that. that one too. Siakam, that was yeah, that was the one the, that you know. Pascal Shakim. Pascal Shakim. Pascal Shakim. It's not a bad name as well. Do you know why? Because Shakim, then you get what? <laughs> then it rhymes with the dream. Ooh, but you can't ever compare yourself to Hakeem Olajuwon. Okay, never mind. But, never but mind. Spicy P has that little like stutter shake thing yeah. that he likes to do. So. I mean, it works for him, but mm-hmm. nah, it's, I don't think it's not right. Tough one. <laughs> We've been in Toronto too long and heard his name pronounced the right way way too many times that yeah. it's, just, it's just not right. So um, moving over to the to women's soccer, the She Believes Cup. Canada at 4 o'clock today finishes their uh, the, this round robin facing against Japan, and this is the final match going on at uh, Toyota Stadium in Frisco, Texas. And if Canada, I guess the first question is, is, and I'll ask this to you, Nick, but a win today, beyond it helps to put some more distance to that 2 nothing loss against the United States on the backdrop of Canada was, you know, the players you know, were trying to boycott a gameplay because of just financial Lack of preparation as well. Yeah, lack everything. of preparation, and and in their minds, not getting the same the the, the financial support they rightfully deserve. Right. Uh, a win today. How much distance does it put on that? I guess for the casual fan, it would put it would put a lot of distance for sure. And, and I think that's just because we're we're nat- our nature is to be we move on. We move on. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's in life. That's for, in news. That's for everything. someone who's within the soccer community. Mm-hmm. This tournament, the games themselves, really don't mean a ton. I'm going to get there, what they actually mean. But. Yeah, but like for, for the players on this team, like this tournament is great because it's prepped for the World Cup, and, and obviously you want to use that. So it, it is valuable, but at the same time, the actual games themselves mean nothing to these players in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, not in terms of standings or FIFA points or I anything. I mean, it, or- it, every game you play, technically, mm-hmm. does go into the FIFA rankings. Okay. Which... Uh, Matt, we can do a whole three-hour show on how messed up the FIFA rankings are in the summer. And I'm save not that kidding. For, save that for late July. And I'm not kidding. We could do a full three-hour yeah. show about how messed up they are. But the games mean something in that sense, but they don't mean anything in what's going on with this Canadian national team and what was going on prior to the tournament. So I don't think it distances the players or anyone in the community from it, but it distances the casual fan and distances the just 
fans who are just there to watch the game. How much is this game and this tournament important for Canada at the World Cup? And from the perspective of the coach, yeah. uh, and maybe nothing. You tell me, uh, Bev Priestman, who you know is just using every minute of the She Believes Cup to assess all the players, maybe younger players, get an idea of who fits where, who fits with who, um, who you know uh, maybe gets a chance, who maybe. Uh, gets demoted a little bit. Does do the, the game against the United States and then the two nil win against Brazil and then whatever happens today? Yeah. How much impact does it have on the final roster decisions for the World Cup? Uh, more than you'd think, actually, for being six months out, because some of the big name players who we would normally expect to be in the lineup weren't there due to injuries. So mm-hmm. this was giving players who are kind of like the bench players or the, who could be key bench players come the World Cup. It was giving them opportunities to really showcase themselves, and that was that was what this tournament was pretty much always going to be about. You obviously want to try to go out and win, and you want to showcase big against the U.S., which outside of maybe the first 10 minutes, I actually thought they played a half-decent game, all things considered. Yep. And then you see that Brazil game where they, they were the dominant team. Brazil got a couple opportunities to create chances, but nothing too dangerous. I mean, Kaylin Sheridan was fantastic in net once again. She has solidified herself. Uh, taking over from Stephanie Labe, who I mean everyone loved because of the Olympic run that she went on and all her her right. funny antics and smiling in the in the pedally shootout. All that is great, right? Kaylin Sheridan has come in and said, "No, no, no, I got this too. She she was great. I'm going to be just as good," sort of thing. So she's really solidified that position. You've seen the defense look really good, even in the U.S. match. After the first ten minutes, they looked pretty solid. They didn't give up a whole lot after that. So. There's a lot of positives to take out of this if you're Bev Priestman, and a lot of young players are getting playing time with the senior nationals squad. So then, what should I do in terms of bets? There's a couple that I want to do here. All right, let's hear. One is um, Canada to win and the final score to be, I'm going to guess the final score of 2-1 win over Japan, and that's plus 950. Just a yay or nay on that. I love Canada to win. Okay, that's plus 150 to win on FanDuel, yeah. but I want to give the exact score of 2-1, yay or nay. I'm not a big fan of the 2-1, mostly because Japan's attack just isn't strong, okay. and they're going up against a defense who I, I just said, since the first 10 minutes of that U.S. match have looked really good so far in the last, let's make that 170 minutes. So. Canada won nothing, plus 650. No, I think they get two goals. Like, if I'm going, I'm going 2 0. 2 0? I like 2 0. Okay, I'm going to put down an $8.75. would get me $96.25. I like the 2 0 a lot. um, Canada tends to score in bunches. Bam, there it is. Um, So I, I would expect two goals. All right. And is there anyone, like, I was looking at placing a bet on one of the, on one of the names that I know, but. Could this be a game where they play more of the young players so avoid a Christine St. Clair anytime goal at plus 175? This is going to sound really, really crazy yeah. for for a casual person to hear. That's me. Stop betting Christine St. Clair goals. That's right. I'm not, that's why I'm not going right? to. And it, it has nothing to do with her play. I think she's still playing really well. Yeah. But they've moved her further back in the line. So ah. she's not the out-and-out striker anymore. She's usually being placed in a midfield three with uh, Grosso and Fleming. Mm-hmm. Which means she's just not as far up the pitch. I mean, she's still going to be up there for free kicks and, and corners, so she's going to get goals. But she's not the person that I'm looking to score goals. If you're looking for names to score goals, and they've yeah. looked really, really good in this tournament, I was actually really disappointed they didn't get a goal against Brazil. Both of them had great chances. Adriana Leon yep. and Janine Becky have looked phenomenal 
along the front three for Canada through two games have shown great opportunities in the U.S. game. Becky had a strike from about 20 yards out that almost beat the American keeper. Nair had to make a ridiculous save. Plus 450. Yeah, plus 450 for Becky. She's... if you were going to put money, I'd put it on one of those two. Okay. I might lean Lyon because they've been playing her down the middle, uh, or they did against Brazil at least, with Becky playing more wing, which, let's be honest, if you're in the middle of the park, it's a lot easier to score. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you for that. And again, that match is at 4 o'clock today, the She Believes Cup. On the other side of the show, and we're going to, a lot of the show will be looking back at the Leafs 6-3 win over the Sabres and the delightful comedy that was going on after Ryan O'Reilly scored a hat trick. Because I got to tell you, I didn't know grown ass men uh, still giving the finger. But on the other side, we're going to get in to the most interesting team in the American League with Mike DiGiovanna, who covers the Dodgers and the Angels for the LA Times. We got to talk a little Shohei Otani. We do that next. Welcome back, everybody. This is Gameplay. I am your host, Matthew Cause. The show is always brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. By the way, on this day, back in 1980, it was the United States hockey team beating the United States 4-3. The Do You Believe in Miracles game in Lake Placid. No, that was not the gold medal game. The U.S. would go on to win gold, but of course that was the famous moment. So there, I am celebrating American hockey as I wish them nothing but little to no success tonight as the American women's team are taking on the Canadian team. While getting it completely wrong because you just said that the U.S. beat the U.S. Did I say that? The U.S. beat Russia. <laughs> the hell was I doing there? The, okay. uni- the United States beating Russia. Uh, joining us now from the L.A. Times, and really excited because I've said it before, to me the most interesting team in the American League are the Anaheim Angels. And Mike DiGiovanna covers the team and uh, covers the Dodgers, the Angels, and all things L.A. sports. Again, from the L.A. Times, sports writer. Uh, Mike, thanks so much for joining the show today. Glad to be here. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, oh no, ab- absolutely. And at a time when there's not as many Maple Leaf games and there's no Raptor games, it's I, I always like to take a step back and just discuss what I think are the most interesting stories in sports. And to me, maybe the biggest one is what's going to happen next with Shohei Otani and you know Mike Trout coming out in that press conference saying, I'm going to do whatever I can to keep him here. I'm curious your thoughts on just what this season will be for Shohei Otani. Well, first of all, um, I like what his agent did. Uh, you know, earlier in the week, he came out and said he didn't come out and write out and say that Otani was not going to sign an extension uh, with the Angels this year. But he basically said that in so many words when he said he's earned the right to play through the year, explore free agency, and we'll see where that shakes out. And I think that's the right approach for Otani. You know, no question, he's. Uh, the game's most intriguing player, uh, probably the best all-around player we've seen uh, since Babe Ruth. An amazing talent. Uh, but he's been here six years. Uh, this is a sixth year. They haven't had a winning record in any of those years. They have not made the playoffs in any of those years. And he's made it pretty clear that he wants to win. You know, He cares about his legacy. He, he wants to play in October. He wants to play for a team that wins a World Series. So he's going to, you know, go into the season, play it out. And to me, the only way the Angels uh, have any chance at retaining him is if they 
one, make the playoffs and really probably have to make a decent run, you know, deep into the playoffs. Otherwise, I think, you know, he's going to go go to free agency and sign with a team that gives him a better chance to do that, which I think is a smart play for him. Yeah, and, and that right there, what you said, is why I think the Angels are the most interesting team because the stakes, I actually kind of compared them a little bit to the L.A. Clippers who got rid of all those picks to get Paul George, which meant that Kawhi Leonard would come there. But they lose all those picks, the pick swaps. Shea Gilgis-Alexander no, no, is now an OKC. I look at the Clippers, I'm like, you better win because you gave up a lot for your present. And I, I feel the same way about the Angels. If they don't win, they lose a guy that, as you said, uh, is the most interesting player since Babe Ruth, who was playing baseball before the Second World War. When when you look at the Angels, is this a team, is this a roster you think that could actually win enough to keep Otani in California? Well, they're they're definitely better and deeper than they were last year. Uh, injuries just killed them. You know, they had no answer when Anthony Rendon, the third baseman, got hurt again for the second straight year at third base. Uh, they're they're pitching. You know, they had some young pitchers do okay, but their their bullpen really struggled for most of the year. And then by the time the trading deadline came around, you know, they end up uh, you know trading Syndergaard and uh, their closer Iglesias. So. Uh, they added uh, Hunter Renfro in right field, uh, so they got a pretty what looks to be a solid outfield with Renfro, Trout in center, and Taylor Ward in left. They added Brandon Drury, who's a uh, you know pretty solid veteran player. They added uh, Gio Ursula, who will give them infield depth, and you know both those guys can give them options at first base, uh, platoon options with Jared Walsh, who's coming off surgery and uh, a really rough year. Uh, I really would have liked to have seen them pursue one of those free agent shortstops like uh, Trey Turner or Dansby Swanson. I think had they got one of those guys, I think they could have been, uh, you know, a real playoff contender. I, I still think they should finish above 500. The problem now is, you know, they're in one of the best divisions in the game right now. The Astros, even losing Verlander, are yeah. really good. Uh, the uh, Mariners finally broke their. 20-year playoff trout, and, and, and they got a guy uh, who's at Hernandez from Toronto you guys know all about. Yep, They're going to be good. The Rangers uh, added Jacob deGrom and Nathan Avaldi. They're going to be better, uh, and they have Seager and Simeon coming back for their second year. They're going to be a, a team to be reckoned with in that division, so it doesn't get any easier for the Eagles. Uh, so I don't think there's any guarantee they're going to even make the playoffs, let alone make a deep run. Bigger picture, if and you can divide this however you see fit. The Angels have had, um, you know, Trout has won, I believe, three MVP awards. Shohei Otani's won an MVP, and as you mentioned before, they they've had three winning seasons since Mike Trout arrived. They've had uh, seven straight losing seasons. They made the playoffs only once. So Mike Trout in his career has one postseason hit. How much of this is bad luck, and how much of it is just really bad management? Uh, 70-30, bad management, 70-30, bad luck. Uh, you know, the Angels, you, you're never going to uh, accuse them of not spending money. They've had one of the top ten in payrolls, I think, since Artie Moreno bought the team 20 years ago, almost every year. Uh so they spend money. It's a matter of them spending money wisely. You know, they make big free agent plays for 
Albert Pujols, uh, Josh Hamilton, C.J. Wilson, uh, Zach Cozart to a lesser degree. Some really, really big – Otani wasn't a massive free agent bust, but he just wasn't – you know, he was on the downslope of his career for almost his entire uh, nine-plus years in Anaheim. Hamilton flamed out really quick with the substance abuse problems. C.J. Wilson missed his last two years because of injury. Cozart did almost nothing. So they, they, and, and Anthony Rendon, you know, he's trying not to add himself to that list, but he's missed yeah. most of the last two years because of injuries, you know, $245 million there. So, yeah, bad management, and then the injuries just seem to pile up. And even Otani, you know, remember his first two years, he was uh, limited to hitting because uh, he had Tommy John surgery. Yeah. So he didn't really emerge uh, as the 4C is until 2021. Uh, Trout has had a lot of injury, uh, bad luck in the last few years. Um, and, and they tried to, you know, scrape by with a lot of one year, you know, off the scrap heap pitching signings, you know, the Matt Harveys and the Trevor Cahills, the Joe Blantons of the world over the years. And that has not served them well. So a lot of bad decisions, uh, some bad luck, uh, but I just don't think you can, you know, attribute it all to bad luck. Oh God, no! Not when it's when it's that many years. You got to keep looking up at the top, and and you know putting a lot of the blame there. Hey, Mike, I really appreciate you joining the show today and check out his work in the L.A. Times. And yeah, I uh, as as we're getting closer and closer to the start of the baseball season, when I put the Blue Jays to the side, and you know what are the stories that fascinate me the most? I, it is the Angels, just because of uh, Shohei Otani becoming an unrestricted free agent, because Mike Trout has you know just one hit in the postseason, and it's going to be fascinating to see if, if this team starts losing, do they try to trade Shohei Otani? It, it feels like it, the team either is going to do a lot of winning or it's going to be a lot of soap opera and nothing in between. Yeah, if they're like a 500 team and just sort of uh, you know can't quite get over that hump, I don't see any reason why they should keep Otani you know, past the trade deadline. They won't get as much for him this summer as they would have gotten last summer when there were a lot of rumblings that they were thinking of trading him. Uh, a lot of a lot of teams interested in him. But, you know, is it better to get something for him or just have him walk away as a free agent? So, we'll find out. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll find out. Hey, Mike, thanks so much for joining the show today. All the best. All right. You're welcome. Take care. Take care. That is Mike DiGiovanna, who covers all things L.A. sports for the Los Angeles Times, and, um, you know, they're, uh, God, the Angels. Well, you better win. If you don't win, you're going to lose Shoei Otani. That is a lot of pressure on that organization. Oh, You just simplified that down so yeah, well. <laughs> that's it. Win, maybe you keep Otani. Maybe. Lose. That's a big maybe. Yeah, but lose, there is no maybe. No. Lose and you're bye-bye. You're done. He's going to go. And Can't blame I, him. No, I can't wait to see just like what that that contract is going to look like, and and if you're an NFL running back, you're oh. going to be like, oh bleep you! I get hurt so much. Yeah, I get hurt so much. On the uh, on the other side of the show, I want to. Um, well, there's there's some NFL sound that's really interesting, but we got to get back into the Leafs' six three win over the Buffalo Sabers, including one hilarious moment near the end of the game, and we'll tell you about it next right here on Gameplay. Some news around the world of sports that we should get into. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. 
right here on TSN 1050. McLeod Bethel Thompson uh, on his, I think it was Instagram, some sort of social media. Twitter. Twitter. All right. Um, says he signed with the USFL, hoping to attract an NFL opportunity. Wish him nothing but the best. He led the CFL in passing yards this last season. Before that, he's led the league in touchdown passes and played a big part in the Argonauts, defeating the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, winning the Grey Cup, helping the team capture the 109th Grey Cup. So wishing McLeod Bethel-Thompson nothing but the best. And if, if he can find his way, from the, if, if he feels this is the best way for him to get to uh, an NFL roster from the USFL, wish him nothing but the best. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just going to add this really, really quick, Matt. Yeah. I got nothing but respect for McLeod. He came up here, had no clue what this game was. Yeah. And he was a good CFL quarterback. I'm he not going to say he was a great quarterback. There's he, no doubt he had his issues, but he was, a, he was a good quarterback in this league over the last five years. He was a good quarterback, sometimes very good. Never an elite quarterback, but no. that's okay. But by the way, only a couple get to be the magical E word. No, no, only a couple should be. We yes. Th- this, the word gets thrown around way too much nowadays, and I don't like it. We toss that around. Um, but he was productive. You don't. He won a cup. No, no. He tried, I'm proud of you. Try to keep elite to a minimum. Um, Derek Carr visited with the Jets. Actually, we got some sound on that. Uh, yes, D- we do. Diana Russini, a great NFL reporter for ESPN, talking about the Jets are all in on Derek Carr. I heard it went really well from both sides. And in terms of what New York was trying to sell him, because let's face it, that's what they're doing at this point. They were pretty clear with him. They, they told him he's a great quarterback. They believe that he's got a legit surrounding cast of players. They went through the top D, the strong young skill guys, the explosive run game. They ran through top to bottom of why Derek Carr can step in here and take this team not just to the playoffs, but to the Super Bowl. And they made it really personal, too. They said, we believe if you come to New York and win, you could be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Well, that part is true. If anyone can get the Jets to a Super Bowl win, immediately after the game is done on Sunday, just take them to Canton and put them in the Hall of Fame. Because all it's been is a parade of bad quarterbacks since Joe Namath. I guess. But... The odd good year, the odd good Ken O'Brien year, the odd good um, Chad Pennington year. Mark Sanchez got some AFC Championship games. wasn't a great Tebow. quarterback. Tebow, oh, I love Tebow, but that's a that's an August topic. Um, I wonder if you're Zach Wilson, how you're feeling about this. I hopefully just stare in the mirror, wondering what can I do more. I I wonder. Derek Carr has never won a game in in like below forty degree weather. There's some stat out there, but he's lousy in cold weather games. And yeah, I mean, if if Bryce Hall is healthy next year, they got a great running back, they got a good offensive line, they got some good receivers, they got they have a good defense. There's a lot there, but that's also going to be a lot of pressure on Derek Carr. Is the Jets once again are searching for the answer at quarterback, searching for that hero, uh, that life preserver, just something to get them over the top. And uh, that's trust me, that search has been going on. Since I started watching football in the early nineties, I was going to say it's in my lifetime. No, it's never yeah. been. It's never. It's it's never happened. It's never happened. No. Um, there, there's a reason why Tom Brady has all those wins, and one of them is the Jets have been bad, really, really bad for the okay. most part. Here's how you know that there's been a quarterback issue. You ready for this, Maddie? Mm. In my lifetime, so I was born in '95. Yeah. So just just to give people the perspective, context. Who is the best quarterback, or who had the best quarterback season for the Jets? 
I'm going to go single season. Single season. You'd probably go Chad Pennington, or maybe they started out seven and one. The one year of Brett Favre. I was going to say with the New York Jets. Brett Favre yeah. is in the top two, mm-hmm. and he was not great that year. No, it's fine, <laughs> right? Yeah, that tells you how bad the quarterback situation has been in New York. Like Brett Favre is top two seasons in the last almost thirty years. And he wasn't that good. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's horrible. It's bad. Dra- it's just it's bad draft picks. It's poor development. It's just bad. <laughs> it's also going after aging veterans because you're getting desperate. You want to know why the Cleveland Browns gave Deshaun Watson all that money? They're desperate, and the Jets could be there as well. Also, that quote makes me wonder: What did the Jets know about Aaron Rodgers? And as Aaron Rodgers emerged from his his blackness cavern, you know, that he was hanging out for four days. Is he back from his cocoon? Was he back, is he back from his cocoon? I wonder that because... Is he now a beautiful butterfly? <laughs> in his mind, probably. <laughs> really, he, that sounds really bad, but you got the joke, right? Yeah, of course okay. I did. Of course. Okay. In the cocoon comes out of it, yes. Um, and also, that's a very psychedelic sort of thought, yeah. which Aaron Rodgers yeah, is... Yeah, it just sounds like an Aaron Rodgers kind of thought. But it does make you wonder, if the Jets are being this public about how much they love Derek Carr and how much are they wooing him, my first question is, what does that mean? What intel do the Jets have about Aaron Rodgers' intentions for the 2023 season? It's it's a serious question. And yeah. how much how, how much conversation have they had with him? Or you know what? Is this the Jets realizing like, okay, this guy's going into a darkness retreat. He's doing all this stuff. Do we even want that around? Like, is this something that they don't even want to go near? Like that that could be the other thing. They might not have any clue what his plan is for next yeah. season. But they're like, ooh, we don't want to touch this right now. Like, we can't, we don't have the personnel to deal with it. They would, oh, God. He would like, be, that could be, that could be what's going on, though. It'd be an upgrade. Um, all right, moving over to hockey. And we got uh, Terry Koshan will join us at uh, three o'clock as well, uh, Toronto Sun Leafs reporter. But real quick, give me the Ryan O'Reilly sound talking about scoring his fourth career hat trick. Well, I had like three chances before it to, to get it there, and even that last one too, I missed it, and then go down to score. So it was kind of didn't sit well, but it was you know obviously a great play by Huskies getting the puck out at the end there, and kind of got lucky at the end one, just kind of throw it at the net and goes in. But uh, yeah, obviously uh, feel good, you know. I think um, our line, yeah, we got on the board tonight. Uh, you know, last game, like I said, we were doing a lot of good things, and it was just nice to get rewarded tonight. I feel bad for the Saber fans. This is a game where you know they spent most of it being miserable. Then they had a chance where, oh, it's 5-3. That glimmer of hope. Glimmer of hope. Tage Thompson nearly scored to make it 5-4. Nope, doesn't get it done. Ryan O'Reilly, the man who once fled from Buffalo, gets a hat trick. And you're a Sabres fan, and what are you watching? You're watching your home ice get covered in Leafs gear, in Leafs hats. That had to suck yeah. if you were a Sabres fan at that game last night. Well, so on Leafs Lunch, Mikey had a buddy who was actually at the game yesterday, and he said it was about 70-30. Yeah, I heard that. 70-30 Leaf fans. So, and, and, and I mean, by the way, that's Sabre fans going, hey, I'm going to pay for my season tickets. By, I'm going to sell off my Leaf games. Yeah. Sell off the home Leaf or games. Or sell off games you don't want. It yeah. just happens to be that the Leafs ones are the most popular. Mm-hmm. So. You're going to get you're going to get the most money for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, and my favorite part. And it's still cheaper to go to. There. Yes, it is. And <laughs> then you can go and go buy uh, cheap Kahlua and beer and bring it home on uh, from duty free. My favorite thing about that was after Ryan O'Reilly scored, and it was all over Twitter, was the one Sabres fan who was giving, sitting there in the front row, just 
giving the middle finger to Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, not a, not a happy little elf there. Was not he? a happy elf. <laughs> but like, my question to that is, who's who gives the finger? Like, I feel like Austin Powers. Who throws a shoe? Honestly, like that was my thoughts. Like, like why are you giving the middle finger? Do you actually think that's going to have an impact? Do you actually think that Ryan O'Reilly, after getting his only his fourth ever career hat trick, scoring for the first time with his new team against his old team in the middle of all that joy, the game is wrapped up, bounce back after that bad win against the Blackhawks, that Ryan O'Reilly would see that fan, give him the middle finger, and be like, ah, oh, life sucks. I think it was just more cathartic for the fan. It's like road rage, Matt. When you when you no. get really angry and you, a, and you flip off the. <laughs> I have never given a middle finger driving. I don't believe that. I have never given no. a middle finger. Never. The middle finger is silly to me. I've never done it. Also, it's silly. I'll agree to that. But it's cathartic for people. Yeah, it's fine. Cathartic for other people. Also, I don't get road rage. Yeah. Because I don't take things personally. Fair. When that bleep hole does a bleep hole thing and cuts in <laughs> front of me, they're not doing that Fair. to Matthew Cause. They're doing it to the red metal box gotcha. that is my car. Fair enough. So yeah, I don't get road rage. Good for you. And uh, and I I have never given the middle finger in rage. I never been, ah bleep you. Oh, my middle finger is now inflicting real mental or physical <laughs> pain to you. No. <laughs> I wish we had cameras in here to so I could post that on social. Yeah. That was a great yeah. It was a great demonstration. Thank you. Well, it's good not. It's 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 winter wear today, so it's just it's a grubby <laughs> outfit because it's winter wear. All right, on the other side, Terry Koshan's gonna join the show. We'll get more into that dominant Leafs second line. We're on a night like last night, the second line looked like the first line. It's nothing against the first line. Of course, you know, there's a couple moments from Matthews. Anyway, we're gonna get into that next right here on gameplay. This hour of gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 